Hello, and welcome to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Helen Jane Hearn, Senior Director of Content. And today I'm talking with Jeff Alexander, President and CEO of WowBow. We're discussing WowBow's latest dark kitchen initiative, third-party delivery algorithms, and our shared admiration of the resiliency of the hospitality industry. Jeff is always a fascinating guest. Let's get started. Um, So Jeff, welcome, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Helen, and I appreciate the opportunity. And to all the listeners out there, I hope everyone is safe and uh, their team, family, I hope everyone's okay. Uh, WowBow is a 17-year-old brand originally created by Lettuce Entertain You, a 49-year-old privately held restaurant group that's created over 220 concepts during its span, currently operating about 150, 160 restaurants in, I think it's six or eight different states. I joined Lettuce back in 1993, and I've been with them since. Uh, I took over the brand WowBow in 2009. At the time, there were three restaurants. I grew it to uh, six company-owned stores. We did college campuses. We've done airport locations, uh, MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA uh, kiosks. We have done food trucks. We've done music venues. And we have a grocery line of over 300 grocery stores are carrying our frozen product. Wow, that's quite an expansion for the brand. Have all of those been impacted by the pandemic? Yeah, every, you know, all of our of our locations, five stores are open out of six. All of our airports are shut. So yeah, we're we're feeling our CPG, our grocery line has done very well as people have gone to the freezer section. And I was saying that in 2017, a private equity group, Valor Equity Partners, took a majority stake to fund our growth and helped us really do things to scale our concept. And back in November of 2019, just about a year ago now we had a brainstorming session about where we want to go with the concept. And in that conversation, the idea came up is since we have national distribution of our product and the product is made frozen for us, why can't another restaurant sell us out the back door third-party delivery? That's great. Could you talk for a little bit about your concept and what is it? Uh, So our signature item is Bao. It's an Asian steamed dumpling about the size of a tennis ball with meat and vegetables inside. We have six savory flavors, two dessert flavors, and three breakfast flavors. We also do rice bowls where we take what's inside the bow and we serve it on top of rice, noodles, cauliflower rice, lettuce cups, zoodles. Uh, We do soups, we do salads, and we do potstickers and dumplings. And we feature a homemade ginger ale where we are peeling ginger uh, 30 pounds plus a day and creating a, a great beverage out of it. When we had this idea about other restaurants selling us out their back door back in November, we took our 21 different SKUs that are made for us and pared it down into our nine most popular SKUs. And we created an online training portal. We created standards of operation. We created reference materials. We created a marketing playbook. And we launched at the end of January with a sister restaurant in the suburbs of Chicago with Let Us Entertain You. And then really come April, during that time of the launch through April, we went out finding partners. And from April until what will be the end of October, we will have 100 locations up and running. We're at about 80 right now with uh, two to three weeks left in the month of October. And 
seven months, six months, we'll be at 100 locations. Might make us the fastest growing restaurant group. But what we've done is we created a menu that delivered to the operator, including a 15% broadliner markup, is a 36% food and packaging cost. And if you take a 25% third-party commission, you're at about 60 points. We require uh, no additional labor, there's no overhead, and there really should be no waste. So we believe that 40% gets dropped to the bottom line. So we came up with our goal is that every operator by week six is doing $2,000 a week in sales. That generates 100K a year, dropping 40% or 40,000 to the bottom line. So we increase your top line, increase your bottom line. And we found a way to help restaurants survive during this really difficult moment, even though we did not create it for COVID. Uh, and we have restaurants who opening week are doing five, six, $7,000 a week. We have one of our mat- most mature locations at 25 weeks old. Last week did $6,800 still doing that kind wow. of volume. So yeah, it's it's really making an impact to some of our operators, to all of our operators. And we're pretty excited about what we created. So if an operator wanted to become involved with this program, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, the, the, it's a good question. And there's a couple of different ways. The easiest way is if you go to wowbow.com, we have a, a link under partnerships where you can fill out a questionnaire and we'll respond back to you. Uh, you can call us, you can email us, you can do anything. What happens is we have a, a, a small resale agreement and that's what we're doing. It's not a franchise. It's not a license. It's a resale. We are selling you product. We make our money inside supply chain. There's no royalties being paid to us, nothing like that. You're keeping all the money you're making as an operator. So once you sign this resale agreement with us, we assign an account manager to you and that account manager quarterbacks training, quarterback supply chain getting turned on, quarterbacks, all the third parties getting turned on because we have all the assets, the photos, the menu descriptions, and the relationships. So we get everything moving for you. And it takes about three to four weeks from the time the resale agreement is signed until the go live happens. So it's a pretty quick turnaround to start growing sales. So how is this different from a ghost kitchen? Yeah. So the way a ghost kitchen works, it's really a ghost kitchen is the idea that no one knows where it's located. We call it a dark kitchen. And the reason why we're saying it's a dark kitchen is we are moving into existing restaurants that have space for us to operate. It's an area of your building that is dark. Our product is simply steamed. We do not require a hood. All you're doing is literally boiling water and you're able to serve our product. So because of that, we think it's a dark kitchen. It's a kitchen without a front facing to the guest. We do not... Uh, support or encourage pickup. Because if you're a burger restaurant and I show up saying, hey, I'm here to pick up Wow Bow, now your host stands confused, your servers are confused, your guest is confused. We're really doing third-party delivery out the back door only from a dark environment, right? Mm -hmm. I put that in quotes uh, for the listeners at home (laughs) who can't see my hands doing my air quotes, uh, from a dark environment out to the consumer. Great. Do you have any examples of um, different operators who have have taken advantage of this program? Yeah, uh, of our 80 locations right now, I think our 80 locations is made up of about 20 to 25 operators. You know, we have one operator who's got about 20 locations with us. We have another one who's got six. We got another one who's got 11. 
and we have a whole bunch of one-offs, you know, and we're anywhere from South Carolina, North Carolina, Idaho, Utah, and then we're in, of course, Miami and Portland and Minneapolis and Austin and Houston and San Francisco and LA and Seattle. I mean, we're really sort of spread out across the country. And we have another operator that we're working with. They've started off with one, they jumped to five, and they now have a, a verbal commitment with us to do close to 100 more locations just themselves with us. So people are really seeing the opportunity here uh, of how they can grow those top line. Look, if you have 10 locations and you're able to add 100000 per store, which is a million dollars, dropping 40%, that's a lot of money. If you have one location and you're able to just make $40,000 profit, that's saving your business right now. That's right. That's a fantastic opportunity. Um, how do you see this initiative continuing to evolve? Yeah, I know we're it, new news every day about where we're landing with this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I don't have the crystal ball. And again, we didn't make this for COVID. We made it just as a way to help restaurants. The idea back in November was, Think of those restaurants that are just breaking even, right? They make a little money. They don't make enough money. They, this would be the type of thing that could put them over the top. We thought about like the ice cream stores, right? Who in certain parts of the country might have four or five months of cold weather where they're not doing a lot of business, but they have people standing in their, in their stores, restaurants, willing to work. We thought of the coffee houses where they don't have an extra meal uh, day part of service. And we thought of catering companies where they do their whole you know, production of food and now they're sitting idle. And they, we also thought of uh, hotels who had room service business, who have people working, but no one's ordering the room service and they're in food deserts. And all these different groups could be serving our product out the back door, third-party delivery. And since we took that angle with it and didn't build it for COVID, we think we can always fall back on that. Now, in a bigger picture, I think the landscape of restaurants is changing. I think there's less storefronts right now because of what's happening. And unfortunately, terrible for our industry is more closing every day. By doing what we've created is you could have one restaurant, one brick and mortar spot and do your restaurant, our brand and create or have another one or two brands. You could be running four or five brands out of your one brick and mortar right now. We believe that's literally the future. What you're hearing right now is that the ghost kitchen virtual environment could be a, a trillion dollar industry in the next 10 years, whatever the number is that they're coming up with right now. I, I don't, I apologize. I don't know if they said billion or trillion. I think it's more than a billion though of what they expect it to be. And what we've done is we've created a way for operators to take as much advantage of their real estate and make as much dollars as they can without a, a affecting their normal business, B, without impacting their current employee base, and C, the beauty that we bring is two things. One, we're an ethnic cuisine, right? No one can cook Chinese, right? You're not a hamburger place and now you're going to make grilled cheese sandwiches, right? We are giving you a completely different cuisine that you normally cannot handle and all you do is steam it. And the second thing is we're bringing you a brand that is an established national name of 17 years that allows you to not just have to start from scratch, right? We have a social media following. We have web pages. We have stories you can find when you Google us, right? There's, there's history there. And what we do is when an operator turns us on in a new part of the country where we don't exist, 
we take our 100,000 person email database, upload it into a, anywhere from a one to five mile radius of your location, right? LA, New York is a one mile, but you know, middle America might be five miles and find lookalike customers to our demographics in both Facebook and Instagram and do targeted emails and targeted ads to those people saying, hey, WowBow's available. So we've really, between our online training portal for the operator, our marketing plan of what we're doing, the ethnic cuisine and the simplicity of the brand have found a way to really, really scale both our concept and help those restaurants succeed right now, now and after the pandemic. Did you coin the phrase dark kitchen? No. No, I, ah, and it's interesting. Okay. No, no. So look, there's dark kitchens. There's also dark retail. There are retail mm-hmm. operators right now that are, you know, are selling their their goods. I keep doing my air quotes and so no one can see them, but they're <laughs> selling their goods from, you know, a non-storefront location. So we didn't coin the phrase and, you know, we're not really a virtual brand because we do a brick and mortar and we are existing. I don't really like the f- ghost is thought of differently. And and we we really believe that the dark plays into it because it is a an area of your restaurant or a part of your business that you're not utilizing right now, which is dark. I'm not sold on dark. I'm not saying it's right. I, I did not want to go down the, ro- the road of being like Wow Bow Express or Wow Bow Delivery. I, I wanted to keep the brand intact. So we are Wow Bow. When you open up Uber Eats or DoorDash or Grubhub or Caviar or Postmates in Sandy Falls, Idaho, you see Wow Bow. And our brand is consistent and it is, and our name is our name. The dark kitchen thing is just a way for the operator to understand what it is we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think taking advantage of that downtime or taking advantage of that time when the kitchen might be otherwise not used, it's very illustrative. Right. And that's it, And when the kitchen's not being used, that is dark time in the kitchen, right? Your lights are off. You're not operating. Like you're, again, go back to the idea of the coffee shop who closes every day at three o'clock could be serving us for dinner with one employee in the restaurant and they just created an entire revenue stream that wasn't there before during their dark hours. Give your customers what they want. Assurance that your restaurant is carefully following the recommended reopening guidance. With a ServeSafe dining commitment at servesafecommit.org. In four easy steps, you can give your customers dining peace of mind. When you make the ServeSafe dining commitment, you'll receive a decal, digital marketing kit, and big discounts on ServeSafe products. Learn more at servesafecommit.org. That's S-E-R-V-S-A-F-E, commit.org. Can you tell me a little bit about how your marketing supports any new operators that come on? I think it's really great about the the demographic targeting, the where you're located. Um, and I know that WowBow has always done some really innovative database marketing. And uh, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, thank you. So uh, yes, yeah, so we do the digital lookalikes to our Facebook and Instagram in the neighborhoods where we're going. We do emails, right? We do stuff on the website. The important thing is at the end of the day, we are an app-based offering, right? We're not brick and mortar. We're not storefront. We're not customer facing. So the, 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 the way to get the greatest sales is to be on the app, whether it's, so we've created a relationship with DoorDash where the first three or four weeks when we launch anywhere, 
We're on a, a new to market carousel. So we are right there in front of that customer when we do something. We encourage our operating partners to run specials, whether it's free delivery or $5 off or 20% off, whatever it may be on those apps. Because for those who don't know how third-party delivery works, it is all algorithm-based, right? So when you open up that app and someone chooses to place your order, you are now getting graded on how long does it take for the food to get prepared? How long does it take for the food to get to the guest? Was the order correct? Was the order cold? Was the driver nice? How long did it take you to to accept the order off that tablet in your restaurant? They say the average order is accepted in 16 seconds, but to get better placement on the apps, you need to accept it within eight seconds. Wow, I had no idea. There's all of these metrics that are behind the scenes, and the better you are on the algorithm, the higher you're placed on the app. So if you open up someone's app, and I'm going to use pizza because we all eat pizza, we all like pizza, and there's a lot of pizza restaurants, and you know there's 50 pizzas available on the Uber Eats app today, you don't want to be number 50, right? Because most people aren't scrolling past number 8 or 12. So the way to get up on that top is by being the best operator you can be, making sure the food is right, as fast, as on time, is accepted quickly, and you can't be 86 or out of any of your menu items. And you can't have downtime. Years ago, years ago, in 2017, three years ago, <laughs> feels right after, right? <laughs> feels so so long ago, right? Um, in 2017, in June, Valor Equities took a majority stake in WowBow, as I said. In September, three months later, we opened up a ghost kitchen in LA in Cloud Kitchens. And I remember there was this operator there who had 200 square feet doing a pizza shop. And he would make, he had eight tablets at the time, but he had 32 tablets because he had ran four pizza concepts out of his 200 square feet. All he did was make different dough, but it was the same sauce with the same pepperoni, the same sausage and everything, but no one knew. And so he was optimizing all the orders he can put out of his 200 square foot kitchen. When we were operating our store in that cloud kitchen, our unit, what happened was because of LA labor laws, you could not have a salary manager working as an hourly employee in California. If they're doing the work of an hourly, you have to pay them hourly. So we would hire these an employee. We only needed one. But what happened is because of LA traffic or because of other jobs, the person would have to leave at three o'clock to get to their four o'clock job. But the person coming at three o'clock was always either late to work because of traffic. And so we had this window where we didn't have any, where we had no one to fulfill orders. And because of that, the orders are coming in on our tablets. We're not accepting the orders and our algorithm completely bottomed and it killed our business. Ah. So we are very aware of how the algorithm works for our third party operators and we are giving them best practices to make sure that they stay at the top. So to go back to your original question, to answer it about marketing, the thing that matters most is making sure that you do the best job you can to stay at the top of the algorithm. That's how you're going to get the most orders. And that's more important than anything else you can do. That's fascinating. The algorithms are coming for all of Uh, us. Fascinating, (laughs) yes. But as an operator, it's extremely frustrating. But once you do it and you do it right, and that's the beauty of our concept, because two things with it, the item that takes the longest is six minutes. That's pretty fast turnaround. I doubt any driver is going to be to your location before the food's ready in six minutes. 
The second thing about it is when you cook a hamburger and someone orders it medium rare, if you step away from the grill, it goes to medium well, that's garbage and you're throwing it away. Mm-hmm. You're cooking chicken, you got to cook it to temp. You can't undercook it, right? You have the opposite problem. With our product, because you're steaming it, you put it on the steamer, you walk away and work on another project. When the, th- when the timer goes ding, it's ready. But if you're in the middle of doing some other kind of prep work, all you're doing is making my food hotter. You're not damaging our food. It's just hotter. So you can get back to our food when you're able to get back to it. So again, we're not difficult for the operator to do, nor are we time consuming or becoming a disruption to the regular business. Right. It's a, it's running in the background. Yes. That's fantastic. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us about your program today? You know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. You know, as I said earlier, we did not create this for COVID. We are very proud that we have been able to help restaurants survive right now, keep the lights on, pay the rents, keep employees. With the success that we're having, you know, we've created jobs internally. We've added a digital marketer. We added an in-house supply chain person. We added a vice president to run this division. We brought in more culinary people. And then, of course, the producers and the supply chain has added jobs to it, as well as obviously the delivery people are up and running with it. You know, I'm not saying that Wildbound in any way is saving the world right now, but we are definitely helping as much as we possibly can. And it's a great feeling. And the fact that we are going to have 100 units live and operating in less than seven months, I think speaks for itself to A, the response, B, the timeliness, and see the ease of execution. Mm-hmm. And of course, because like I said, we have operators who are 25, 28 weeks live with us, which is basically since the inception, it shows that they see the value, both from ease of execution to the dollars that it's bringing to the top and bottom line. And we're just excited for how many more we can open up and continue to grow with this. Something that's been different from other industries as I've hosted this podcast throughout the year is this underlying desire to support the industry as a whole. Yep. Um, I haven't seen this in tech. I haven't seen this in other groups where the folks that are a part of the restaurant industry want to help the industry out. The folks that get into this, this industry are resourceful, innovative, figure-it-out kind of people because of what pops up in a regular night of service. Yeah. It, no, it's... It, look... The restaurant industry is the most resilient industry that there is. Anytime any crisis or anything happens, the hospitality restaurant industry gets hit. Whether it's the hardest or the lightest, no matter what it is, we feel the the pain and suffering from it. And we always come out better. We always come out stronger. So, you know, so the listeners out there, we will get through this. I don't know how long it's going to take, but the, the restaurant industry may look different, but innovation and evolution is going to come from it and we are going to be better. And to your point about how we all help each other, you know, again, I go back to pizza. There's how many pizza restaurants out there in the world, but they're all different. At the end of the day, it's all dough and sauce and cheese. And I don't mean to make light or disrespect anybody who's selling pizza right now, but I'll help your pizza restaurant if you help my pizza restaurant because my pizza and your pizza are different. But we all you know, share the commonality of we want to be hospitable to our guests and to each other. And that is the, that is the industry is to be, to provide hospitality. 
and that goes beyond borders and helps one another. We're not going to create the next cellular phone where I need your, you know, what makes your phone work to steal into my phone. There's nothing that I'm going to get from you because personally, I think my pizza is better than your pizza and you think yours is better than mine. (laughs) But, you know, the idea of a special or hours of operation or what makes your delivery work or what box you're using to keep it, the crust being the right way or whatever, maybe that's all okay to share. Yep. And that's why our industry continues to evolve and succeed after these difficult times that unfortunately appear more often than they don't appear. But we do come together as an industry. Well, and one of the questions I've been wrapping this up with is what are you most hopeful about for the restaurant industry as we as we go into 2021 and as we recover? You know, uh, I think what I'm most optimistic about goes along with what I just said, that we will get through this and we will be better because of it. I'm excited for the innovation and the evolution that will come from this. The thing we have to watch out for is that a lot of people out in the world who are going to try to help us through this or save the industry, they're not restaurant people. So they can bring fantastic ideas to the table that us as restaurateurs would never have thought of. However, those ideas may not always translate to the restaurant industry. And we have to find that balance between that right idea and how it works for us to do. And we'll get there and we'll figure it out. The most important thing, I think, is that, you know, everybody does stay safe, you know, and that we do what we can to survive, protect your people, protect your customer base. And the last and most important thing is to the operators who are listening, you have to take care of yourself as well. It's so easy to get so focused on taking care of your customer base and your employees that it becomes a a hardship on yourself. And it is okay to pause and take care of yourself because you will be better to take care of others. I am hopeful and excited for what's going to come for the restaurant industry. I love what some people are out there doing. You know, Doghouse has created five or six different virtual brands. The Outpost at Sweet Green has done. And I love what Sweet Green has done with their new uh, entrees that they've created that, you know, they're more than just salad now that they did for dinner. Uh, I think the robotics that are being worked on in the place you know, might be a little early for what, for when that will go mainstream, but it's exciting. And, you know, AI and contactless payment and uh, all of that is just, it's going to continue to explode. Yep. Uh, This time has definitely sped a lot of changes to fruition. Um, I've seen so much of that technology kind of get that timeline speeded up in a way that's only benefited the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jeff. This was great. I really appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, to all the operators out there, stay safe and feel free to reach out. We want to help. We have something that can help. And I I wish everyone well. And thank you very much. Give your customers what they want. Assurance that your restaurant is carefully following the recommended reopening guidance. With a ServeSafe dining commitment at ServeSafeCommit.org. In four easy steps, you can give your customers dining peace of mind when you make the ServeSafe dining commitment. You'll receive a decal, digital marketing kit, and big discounts on ServeSafe products. Learn more at servesafecommit.org. That's S-E-R-V-S-A-F-E commit.org. 
Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Helen Jane Hearn, and I'm so glad you could join us. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.